turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hey, do you have any friends? I mean, real friends. I'm not talking about TV show friends, I'm talking about the real ones. Tried and true. I was talking to my mom who has great experience with friendship. Why? Because she's 80. And when you're 80 years old, if you still have friends, what a blessing. My mom still has friends. And some of those friends, Miss Barbara, Miss Joyce, you know, these ladies are 80s. I said the ladies in the 80s. Yeah, now I'm not talking about back in the day 80s. I'm talking about, well, you know, they're either coming upon 80 or they're in their 80s and they're well into it. And what I've learned from these ladies is wisdom actually comes with age. I mean, the richest person in the world today cannot buy wisdom. They think they can. That's why I love the book of Proverbs. When I need wisdom that I can't afford, when I can't reach those ladies that have had the wisdom and the experience to go with it, because of experience, they have wisdom. Did you catch all that? I just go to the Proverbs. And I needed some real-life advice because when you're a caregiver, you know, people tell you all types of things. Oh, you should do this. Well, you know there's this, and you know that they have. And I have to gently smile, nod, and be quiet because why? People mean well. And that's what I say all the time. Lorraine, they mean well. It's okay. Bear with them. They mean well. Well, what do you mean, Lorraine? Well, people give me advice all the time about how I need to rest. And then the Christians, oh, wow. The Christians love to go into, you know, even God rested on the Sabbath. And then in my heart I go, and Jesus also said that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. So what does that mean? But I have to be quiet. I know what it means, but I want to ask them, do you know what that means? Well, I don't because that's my poor temperament. (laughs) And I'm not showing mm, good fruit at that point. So what am I doing here? I'm trying to be a good little Christian. That's my sub-theme always. I'm trying to be a good little Christian. What's that? Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. You can find out more on KPRZ.com. You can go to the podcast anytime you want, day and night, all day, any day. If you miss the show on Saturdays, every Saturday, 1030, people go, I missed your show. I'm like, no, you didn't. It's on the podcast. Oh, what's that? (laughs) Because a lot of people don't realize the podcast is there. So if you forget my name, if you're forgetting the name of the show, Carrying the Burden, remember? That's what we're talking about, these burdens that Jesus still has us bearing, or does he have us bearing burdens? Wait a minute. That was the epiphany that I had when I came up with the name of the show, Carrying the Burden. No, Jesus cares about me. I'm his representative. I'm his ambassador in the earth. And you know what? I don't have to bear burdens, even as a caregiver? Technically, no. I can cast my cares to the Lord, the essence of this show. I don't have to carry the luggage 
the hard, heavy luggage of bearing the care, I can cast the cares to the Lord. And in exchange, he gives me great advice right from that Holy Bible. And in it, over the weekend, you know, that's when most people are chilling out. They're hanging out with family, might be out there doing the gardening, maybe even taking a trip. So if you're on that short drive, hey, Cindy, doing those kinds of things where you're listening to me, one of the things I want you to remember in this season, you have to be friendly. That's what I was reminded of when I went to the Proverbs. People mean well. That's what I had to tell myself, Lorraine. Just listen. People mean well, even though they're not caregivers. Yes, because many people understand my burdens, but they are not executing the work to take care of my burdens. That's where Jesus comes in. So I give him my burdens in my emotions, my mind, even the physical ones. Yes, because actually the Lord gives me the energy. I I don't drink power drinks. I was telling somebody recently, have you looked into that over time, the power drinks and what they'll do to you? Yeah, I told a person, I just drink of the Lord. And they looked at me strangely. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. That sounds a little awkward, right? (laughs) Read the Bible. So when people read the Bible, they come to find out that the Lord is food and water. Mm -hmm. Yes, in the natural even. But you have to believe that type of stuff by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. One of my favorite greats passed away this week. And I'm still sitting here like, man, I ate at that guy's table where he shared the bread of life for many years. That's Dr. Charles Stanley. And one of the best things that I learned from him is that the truth is still the truth. No matter what decade of life you're in, no matter how old you are, truth is still truth. And according to us Christians, we believe that the truth is Jesus. So everything he said is true. (laughs) What he believed is true. What he did is true. Now, what does that have to do with the Proverbs? Because those were there. Even when Jesus was walking the earth, he actually knew about the Proverbs. That was the job of the Pharisees, even the Sadducees, to test him out, see what he knew. Hey, what do you think, Jesus, about what Moses had to say? Huh? Huh? What about that divorce? Oh, wait a minute. Yes, Jesus actually had something to say about divorce. Yes. A lot of Christians don't even know that. Why? One, because we don't read the Bible. We just go to church. (laughs) That's the only thing we do. Go to church and then rely on the preacher to tell us what the Bible says. I told someone and it kind of bothered her. You might be in a cult. And she looked at me like she was so offended. I said, well, did you check to see? what he said and find out if what he said is actually in the Bible? And she said, you know what? I see what you mean. I said, okay, just look up the definition of cult. That's all. Sometimes Christians get really nervous. They hear it because they think of like Jim Jones and these horror stories, stories from back in the 70s, even the 60s. Look, hey, the Bible is right. Somebody's wrong. That's the old song they used to sing down in the country. So I believe in the Bible. I believe it's right. So when I'm dealing with my mother, my 80-year-old mother, the one that's disabled, yeah, with the right brain damage, yeah, and all her other issues, problems, and cares that I choose to care about, because all children don't make their parents the priority. I'm just being honest. I told you that's how Jesus was about it. Some people put their parents in the home. Am I putting them down? No, because I'm an advocate 
for what you need and what is best for you. But I'm also an advocate for that person that has the need of care. Are you meeting their need mutually? Have you talked to them? We're going to be talking to people in the months coming up, especially during the summer, because it's hot and a lot of older people don't have AC. What does that have to do with anything? Because a lot of them faint in their homes. No one goes to check on them. And then when they wake up parched and drained and they are dizzy trying to get some water, yeah, because no one checked on them, not even their own children, right? Because the children assume that they're fine. Unfortunately, it's especially true with dads. Dads are, oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, no, everything's fine. And he's the main one having all kinds of issues, conditions, but you haven't checked in with him in the home because you're wherever you are, out of state, out of town, whatever, but you haven't really checked on him. You just assumed all is well because he's alive. Just because people are alive doesn't mean they're alive and well. So check on a senior today. Check on a neighbor today. You don't know what's going on inside of that house, especially when a person that's older lives alone. Now, those are the elderly. Then there's a bunch of other people that need care, but we're not talking about them today. We're talking about the people that are not friendly. Wait a minute. How did you go from talking about old people to not being friendly? Because most of the people that are not friendly don't care about the old people. That's why. When have you checked on a senior? Are you a part of a program that you participate in where you just call a senior once a week to check in on them and hear their voice to see if they sound weak and faint and kind of parched or, hey, hi, wow, that's not how that guy usually sounds. Hmm, I wonder what's going on with him. Maybe we should send over someone for a wellness check. There's all kinds of organizations, groups. We're going to be talking to them, and you're going to learn about it. So this is what I concluded when I was in the Proverbs. Yes, because most people aren't friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you. You heard me. I called you out on this before on this show. And you know what else? I'm back to tell you again. You're probably not friendly. Three out of four people are not naturally friendly. That doesn't sound right. That's my own personal survey. Look, I've paid attention. I watch people. I can come up with my own stats. Who are you to judge me? These are the connect at LorraineCarroll.com stats. So you want to hear more about them? That's where you email me, connect at LorraineCarroll.com. One of the things most people are doing wrong, they are judging. They are assuming. And then most of all, they are discounting. What? Friendship? See, unfortunately, people don't realize that friends, uh, it's not as tricky as you might think. Being a friend? Yeah. Mm, What do you mean, Lorraine? Well, sometimes people have their own preconceived ideas of what friendship is, and so they go into it with a lot of expectations, and they go into it thinking, oh, I have to sacrifice this, and I have to give so much, and I have to... Well, let's slow down just for a moment, okay? Let's take a look at what the Bible says. So, you know, I like to use the Bible as a real reference. This is a Christian radio show. And for those listening on the podcast, hey, if you don't have a Bible, you can download one. And you can check out what I'm saying. My favorite chapters about friends, chapter 17, 
chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 17 and 18. One of my favorite ones that I live by, and I had to look at my own life of friends and the friends I've managed, maintained, and retained for most of my life. How did I do that? Well, first of all, the Bible says that a friend loves at all times. Ooh, yeah, good times, bad times, happy times, sad times. We can get a bunch of adjectives and talk about the times, but how do you remain a friend? I just told you, sometimes it's just basic communication. Hey, how are you? These days we have so many easy ways to communicate. What, a text, email? Sure. Well, for some of our older baby boomers, they might not do text and email. So what do we do? Uh, traditional mail is still running, last I heard. Hallmark is still producing cards, last I checked. In the drugstore, hey, two for one, get what you need and get somebody else a card. Sure, mail it. It still works. You don't know what impression that might make for that person, old or young. Mail a card. Hey, If your budget is tight, write the letter. 50 cent, I think you can gather 50 pennies somewhere from somebody to get a stamp. It can happen. Make it happen. Send someone communication to let them know that you're there for them. Now, a friend, that word can be a lot of things to a lot of people. I always say, let's use that kiss method I told you about. My coach, Engel, back in the day, and what he taught us, he wouldn't call us stupid, but he'd say silly. Keep it simple, silly. So we'd all laugh, but I get it now. Thanks, coach. One of the things that I understand now is that friends are basically people who are attached to another by feelings or affection or personal regard. And then another way to define a friend, this is the one I like for us caregivers, a person who gives assistance. That's us. Caregivers, first of all, you care. (laughs) That's half of the battle. Most people don't give a care. I've told you that most days here on this show at some point because I've watched people walk past people. Certain cities, it's even worse. The bigger the city, the more crowded, the more apathy. I've seen it. New York is one. Now, I'm not putting down the New Yorkers. If you're from New York and you want to dispute, connect at LorraineCarroll.com, okay? Now, I live in San Diego. Hey, this is a city where we have a wonderful plethora of military people coming from all over the country. And so sometimes people's manners are better Mm, maybe let's say, ah, uh, yeah, I'm going to go there. Southern folks. They still say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, but so do the military. So sometimes that can be deceiving because it's out of habit for the military when they're active duty. So you're not sure where people are from. But I have found that the people from the South, they just have a tendency to be a little more nice. And then the people from the Midwest, are you that one? Yes. Y'all are friendly, too. The accents are a little different, but it's fun for me either way. I benefit from the kindness. Now, remember what I said. A person who gives assistance can be a caregiver, but that can also be defined as a friend. I'm talking about basic dictionary definitions. You can check these out yourself. The Bible, though, in Proverbs, this is my favorite part, two that I've lived by, a friend loves at all times. Ooh, ooh, that's a lot. At all times, I told you, yes, good times, happy times, bad times, sad times. Okay, yeah, but this is what I've also learned. Sometimes people go into friendship expecting what they're giving out. Wrong, wrong, 
and wrong again. Remember, Christians, we have a concept that Jesus gave us. It's called give. Real simple. Here's the contingency. You give for what purpose? To get something? Mm, watch it. Because here's the, the, it's almost like an oxymoron. You do get something. Give and it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over it. Will men give into your bosom? Yes. That's what it says. You can look it up. It's in Luke 638. Check it out. But in the meantime, what about when you're giving things like friendship? Yes. Will you get that? Sure. My favorite part about it is you don't know when. And I love listening to older people talk about how they were so happy when they were younger and what they did and how much fun they had. But what I gleaned in listening is that they were very giving. They were joyous and they cared and they shared. And that's why in their older years, most of the people I know, like my mom's friends, they're happy. They love to laugh and they love to tell stories. Again, I got to listen to those. So a lot of that comes from all the joy that they spread. Were they friends with everyone? Pretty much. See, again, sometimes we put friendship in a box with a label. This is what friendship is, and if it doesn't look like that, what you put in the box, then it's not friendship. That's not true. How about you take that box down off of your shelf of your mind and open that box up and look in it. Just like, you know, spring cleaning is here. Yeah, pull that stuff down off the shelf. And do I really use this? And do the same thing with your analysis of friendship. Have you really taken a look at who you are, first of all? (laughs) You know, you don't have to judge them if you look at yourself. That's what my Bible teaches me. Check out the book of Matthew, man. That That's the biggest one of the Gospels, of the four. Now they get complicated and they start calling them the synoptic Gospels. And look here, you're just listening to a radio show. Just read Matthew. I'm telling you, man, look at it. If you do these two things, what? Take a look at yourself. Look at yourself. Instead of looking at that guy, this lady, how they treat you, how are you treating other people? Are you friendly? Probably not, especially in California. We're so rude. That's what people say all the time that come from other places. Yeah, Californians are so rude. And I'm like, hey, I'm a Californian. I'm not rude. Well, maybe you're the exception. And I got used to that, and I had to learn, what do they mean by that? What they mean is that we're rude because two things. We don't speak to people. Sorry, that's the way it is in California. Hey, it's it's a code. I don't know. But we just don't. And we don't really look you in the eyes when you walk past us unless we're like authoritarians, maybe police, military, people like that, because they're always on duty, even when they're off duty. Yeah. But for the most part, people in the grocery store passing you by, nah, we don't speak. Sorry. Get over it if you live in San Diego, especially. It is what it is. But does that mean the person's not friendly? No, that's not what it means at all. What it could mean is that they don't express friendliness the way you're used to it. Again, back to that box on the shelf, pull it down, take a look at you, not them. How about you speak? Good morning. And that's it. And if they don't speak back, what did you do? You got offended because they didn't speak back? Sure you did. How? Because you had an expectation. So when you're a caregiver, oftentimes you don't give back what you put out with the person for whom you care. 
We've talked about that on this show. Don't be discouraged. I often tell myself, Galatians 6 and 9, Whew, be not weary and well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Lorraine, don't faint, don't faint, don't give up. Ooh, I know it's talking about heaven. I get it. I know, I know. But it also helps me for right here in the earth, especially when dealing with my mom. I call her the demand and command queen. <laughs> so it's our joke. Nonetheless, there are days, though, when she's demanding and commanding way too much, and I have to say, hey, can you give me a break? Can I have five minutes of quiet? Is that possible? Okay. And then two minutes later, of course, she's demanding and commanding. Now, I can't judge her based on my terms. Why? Because she has right brain damage. I told you of 70%. Does that mean she's not an intelligent woman? No, not at all. Does that mean she has challenges remembering? Absolutely. And a list of other things. But what about me? That's what I've had to learn to do as a caregiver. Turn it around and look at me right now today. And last I checked, I have all capacity of both sides of my brain. I haven't had any type of MRI CAT scan in my brain lately. But, hey, last I knew, I'm functioning okay, right? So how can I be a friend to my mother? Well, first of all, I've got to care. Secondly, I have to stay on good terms with her by doing what? Being friendly Mm -hmm. to my mom, yes. So how are you supposed to be friendly? Even if you don't live in the same city, state, I told you, even country for some people, there are ways to show friendliness. Be friendly. Again, look at yourself and say, where am I not a friend? Because a friend loves at all times and a brother's born for adversity. But Proverbs 18, 24, that's the part I want to leave you with today. Proverbs 18, 24, if you know it, you should already feel bad. And if you don't, look, I'm sorry. If you start at the beginning of Proverbs 18, it's so cool. An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends and against all sound judgment. This is my favorite part. Starts quarrels. You are the one that starts the fights. So if you're unfriendly, that's the opposite of being friendly. You're probably the one that has the disputes. You're upset. You're bothered. You're disturbed. You're annoyed. Paranoid even. Ooh, that's heavy. But watch this. There is a person, there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So sometimes when people hear that, they instantly go to Jesus, especially the church people. Hey, we're believers, right? For those of you that are not, no problem. Jesus is the example for Christians, all Christians. Now, Christians have an example. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. Okay, Are you a friend? Do you have friends? And if you don't, remember, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, but this is the best part. Are you the friend that's being friendly? Ooh, that's a lot. It's almost like a puzzle. Maybe you should sit down, go in that closet, take a look at what's in that closet, and go back to what I said. Are you assuming? Are you judging? Are you discounting your ability to be a friend? Are you assuming that uh, they don't want to be friends with me? I mean, we don't have anything in common. Who said you had to have something in common? Nobody needs anything in common to be a friend. I told you. What is a friend? A person that cares. That's good enough. Take that pressure off of yourself. Judging yourself. Don't judge yourself and don't judge them. Matthew 7 and 1. Judge not. 
You won't be judged. Don't worry about that big old tree in your eye while you're looking at the wood chip in theirs. That's my version. You know how it goes if you don't look in the Bible. And don't discount what you have. Maybe your $5 Starbucks card could mean the world to someone else who's never even tried Starbucks. But you don't know that. Did I say Starbucks? Yeah, or whatever coffee you like. Don't start with the you-know brand stuff. I don't drink Starbucks and I don't like them. Hey, they have other things. Maybe you might like a croissant, tea. That's the point. Just try to receive. Some people as friends don't even know how to receive. They're so mean. Open up. Are you that person? The best way to be a friend is to, first of all, open up. Be nice. Be kind. Be gentle. Hey, even try the fruit of the Spirit. Try those things. And caring gets a lot easier when you rely on the fruit of the Spirit. Now, that's another day. We've talked about that here. We'll talk about it again. Remember, you've been listening to who? Lorraine Carroll right here on Carrying the Burden. We're not carrying a burden, are we? No, we're caring. We're caring for people who need us. Even the people that don't like us, yeah, those people too. Join us every Saturday, 1030 a.m. right here on KPRZ, 1210 a.m. in sunny San Diego or your local podcast anywhere. Just join us. Some-